you know this reminds me of uh, when my daughter was going to school and uh, she would invariably be late to catch her bus now the parents will say how can we not give them instructions they have to catch the bus right they have to get good marks they have to do this they have to do that correct so um, yeah it's very difficult for us uh, when we give feedback to our kids let's let's break this up into two parts the first part where i will talk about the the incident with the school bus how do you catch a bus on time so invariably she would wake up late she would not get ready on time i would go completely crazy i would start yelling at her and i used to keep shouting at her and getting her to the bus stop on time and there was always this one kid who never made it on time he always ran and caught the bus welcome everyone to student communicator and the launch of our first ever live series very aptly named the imperfect parent or imperfect parenting, parenting. and we we showed our vulnerability and our imperfection in starting this live but i'm so excited that we were able to uh, get it done uh, before we start you know a lot of people asked us why imperfect parenting what is this strange title and so i thought we'd answer it with a question of our own how many of us start conversations with our kids with when i was your age when we were young <laughs> dot 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 right and seema and i were just talking about this the other day and how we hated it when our parents did it to us and we swore we would never be that kind of parent and then we heard it coming out of our mouths as well and i thought that we thought that it was probably because we feel the pressure of being perfect all the time and so we have to portray that to our children right that uh, you know I, we perfect i we remember were, when i remember when i was growing up and you know uh, i used to i was a little bit of a lazy uh, person in the morning getting up early was hard for me and i remember my dad telling me every single day when i was your age i used to get up at 5 in the morning walk 3 kilometers pick up milk for the family come back 3 more kilometers and look at you you can't even wake up at 7 so i used to have this image of my mom and dad as these really perfect people you know they knew all the answers they knew they were able to get up on time they were hard working you know there was something so amazing that they could be at no fault but as i started growing up i realized that that's not really true there are a lot of imperfections that are hidden and and parents are great at hiding those imperfections and i remember having this conversation with my daughter who was 7 years old and um, you know she was trying to learn how to cycle and she kept falling down and after about a couple of falls she said you know what i'm not doing this this is not fun for me i'm not doing this and at that point i realized this is my opportunity to show her how imperfect i am as a parent so i told her that uh, when i was your age around 7 8 years of age when i started cycling myself i fell down 27 times and after 27 times of falling down i eventually learned how to ride a bicycle she said why would you fall down for 27 times i said let me show you my scars and i showed her all my scars on my legs and said this is the uh, result of me falling down 27 times but the 28th time i was able to ride so it's okay to fall it's okay to be imperfect and i wanted to normalize that in my house and i and i think that that's been an absolutely 
something that I want to talk about a lot with other parents. Nobody is yeah. perfect. Parents are not perfect. We hide it really well, right? Oh my God. And how much have we screwed up as parents of adult kids now who are, you know, getting ready to fly the nest and also as uh, founders and trainers at the Confident Communicator where we, we've talked to thousands of parents and their, their biggest, most parents' biggest insecurities. Okay, I want, actually, I want to invite our guests to tell us what their biggest insecurity as a parent is. And while we do that, I want to also talk about, uh, while we wait for your answers, uh, I want to talk about a really fun video that we have for you guys called Ace Every Exam or Ace Your Exams in Life. And that's about reprogramming your subconscious mind and reprogramming your mindset to get uh, get into a growth mindset, which Seema will talk about in just a little bit. But please go and uh, click on the link in the uh, in the live. I'll, I'll just go ahead and put it in just some time. Click on that and you will be able to claim your free video. In the meanwhile, let me see if you have, any of you have responded. Well, you know I, what, uh, you know what, Deepa? Her children will know the perfect solution to such glitches. How true is that? <laughs> so true. That's so, you know, wonderful. The, the, the 3,000 students that we have taught and the, the 6,000 parents that we have met, uh, I, I know that there is one question that most Indian parents have. Indian parents have, we suffer from this a little bit. Uh, the most, I think we and probably the Chinese parents, but the Indian parents suffer from this the most where uh, one of the biggest uh, stress uh, factors for us is how will our children do in their exams, what grades they will get and yeah. eventually what college they will go to and how will they turn out in their life. I mean, that's a standard, but especially for Indian parents, we have this, this issue of grades and scores and stuff like that, which is why we thought let's create uh, an interesting uh, video uh, which which deepa talked about which is ace every exam i mean we would love our children to ace every exam of course uh, but there is a there is a process to actually getting to the point where you organize yourself to ace uh, every exam so that video is all about that and we would like uh, you know that uh, you guys sign in uh, claim that video it's a free video for all of you to see and uh, tell us what you thought about it but any responses, any questions? Not so yet. Your story though, Seema, reminded me of, you know, your story of the cycling where you had to fall 27 times to uh, learn, finally learn how to cycle. And I think that's what it is, right? Our failures and our vulnerabilities will teach our children so much more than our successes. Right. Yeah. And I remember this once when uh, uh, my son, uh, when, when he was, I think, four or five years old, and he said, I reminded him of a police officer because uh, and, and, and I was just thinking, what? Why? Why am I? Why do you think I'm a policeman? And I think it's because we just we're just barking out instructions uh, to our children all the time. And we forget that they are hearing those instructions and they're getting affected by them, maybe getting anxious by them. So I wanted to ask you a question, Sima. It's like, how do we give our children instructions? And maybe how can we kind of become a little bit more mindful about uh, uh, how we instruct and talk to our kids? 
yeah i think you made a very pertinent point when you said that your son thought you were a police officer which means that there is a sense of authority there is a sense of uh, uh, you know speaking down at somebody and i think that's the one thing we don't need to make our children feel i think uh, you know it, it's it's in the ideal world we want our children to be to be safe to feel safe and to feel cherished so when we have a conversation with our children it doesn't have to be in a instruction form it has to be more in a dialogue method let's have a conversation let's have a dialogue um you know for example when a child just comes back home from a very long and maybe a tough day from school the first question we want to ask them is you know there was a test today how did you do in your test how many marks did you get instead if we create uh, you know if we create an 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 environment where we uh, you know make them feel non threatened uh, you know we we kind of create an environment of safety and where we cherish them completely like hey who did you have lunch with today or who did you sit next to in school today let's ask those kind of questions so that then we can have those interesting and fascinating conversations then the child will feel more relaxed and they'll be able to have a conversation with you which is not an instruction but more of a dialogue absolutely i i so agree because you know someone once said and i really thought that was amazing is that some of these offhand comments that we make to our children right that becomes the story of their life and they start yeah. thinking of that and that that's how they uh, you know that's how they go forward uh, forward in life in fact another in, yes. in fact yes, some, yes, the yes. research research says that uh, before the age of 6 how we speak to our children really matters uh, and now i'm sure all the parents whose children are above 6 are saying damn i missed that boat but uh, how we speak to our children before the age of 6 really matters because they start formulating perceptions and impressions of themselves and that yeah. is why it is very very important for us to be very mindful about how we engage with our children at that age yeah You know, but that having been said, I love that we decided to do the series because we are going to say, embrace your imperfections, yar. We are all perfect. And one of the things that I have learned from my kids is that, uh, you know, imperfections aside, or because of those imperfections, uh, where they, where they. where they make fun of me and they tell me i've traumatized them for life and i've done all these crazy things but we can laugh about it together and i think that's what we need to do instead of being perfect all the time instead of portraying perfection and discipline all the time i think we can say you know what let's laugh at mom and dad let's laugh at the mistakes they made and then let's uh, you know move on from those so so i'll i'll tell you one of the one of one example that comes to my mind is when we were in a class one day and we gave a very fun activity to our students and we said hey if you were as if you were an animal what animal would you choose to be and uh, most kids you know they want to pick the most dynamic animals because that's how we set our children up you know you need to be that aggressive uh, confident overachiever like uh, maybe a lion or a tiger or or an eagle and we had yeah. one student who comes up and says uh, i wanted to be a turtle or a tortoise and we said why would you want to be a turtle or a tortoise and they kind of slow and he says yeah that's because i am slow i take very long to eat my mom always shouts at me because i don't get ready on time i don't finish my homework on time i am a very slow person so that is why i want to be a tortoise that's what uh, set me thinking that you know how how sad as parents i think deepma and I, i got into that very parental mode and said how sad that he thinks of himself as a slow person but in the wrong way so we turned it around and we said 
I think you picked a really good animal because when you say that you are being slow, it means that you take the time to learn. You take the time to savor your food. You take the time to understand, and that's a phenomenal, phenomenal way of looking at yourself. Now, when a parent talks to the child in this manner, that's when their perception of themselves completely changes, and that is why it is important. about how we talk to them how we converse with them i am not a, a, a one of those people who love to constantly praise the child constantly give them you know those kind uh, of oh wow you did so great all the time i don't think so i think that it has to be a it has to be a bit of a balance between you know giving the children the right kind of uh, story so that they bring out their own story in a positive manner right Yeah, you know, I that was very interesting. How you brought that up, where you know, does that mean that I have to constantly say yes to my child, or does that no. mean that I have to constantly praise my child? And that's kind of terrifying, right? Because we're that's just not how we're going to be raising our children. But you know, one other thing that I've noticed with my kids is if you give them a choice of quote unquote punishment, or if you give them a choice of discipline. strangely enough or maybe my my family is just weird uh, they come up with a far harsher punishment than you would have given them in the first place so yes. i i thought that that was a very interesting and that's the reason why i think both of my kids said mama you've traumatized us because you made us choose our punishment and then you know, we ended up punishing ourselves far more than you would have so um, oh, yes. but, we, we've we've had so many we've had so many conversations where we say hey this is the only parent you get <laughs> <laughs> go to So it's so it's okay to be imperfect. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. I love that you say that, Sima. Sima, I have the next question up here. We got a few questions from parents uh, over this past couple of weeks, and um, uh, through our uh, you know through our uh, course parents and things where we did our surveys. And one of the questions was, how do you give feedback to your children? Because we're usually in such a hurry that we're constantly saying, no, this is wrong. No, stop doing that. Go do this. you know why haven't you done your homework yet how come you haven't brushed your teeth and how come you're still not in bed why are you still awake why are you still asleep like your dad used to say so how do you give feedback to children on what they are doing and how do you make that uh, more accessible to them you know this reminds me of uh, when my daughter was going to school and uh, she would invariably be late to catch her bus now the parents will say how can we not give them instructions they have to catch the bus right they have to get good marks they have to do this they have to do that correct so um yeah it's very difficult for us uh, when we give feedback to our kids let's let's break this up into two parts the first part where i will talk about the the incident with the school bus how do you catch a bus on time so invariably she would wake up late she would not get ready on time i would go completely crazy i would start yelling at her and i used to keep shouting at her and getting her to the bus stop on time and there was always this one kid who never made it on time he always ran and caught the bus and i remember the other parents snickering and said what kind of mom this person has doesn't even get his son uh, to the bus stop on time and that's when it hit me that i don't think that we are that concerned about the child catching the bus we are more concerned about how others judge us or perceive us as parents because somebody will say are you can't even bring your kid to the bus stop on time what kind of a parent are you and that's yeah. when i decided that i'm not going to i'm going to handle this a bit differently so i sat my daughter down and i said let's let's figure this out i completely hear you it's cold you want to be in the bed for another 10 minutes but we still have to catch the bus right so what do we do mm -hmm. so i allowed her 
to give me two three possible solutions and yes. i also laid out the consequences of her not catching a bus that if she doesn't catch the bus then she misses it and she doesn't go to school so that that kind of you give me the solutions and here are the consequences both of those things work together and while she well but that was of course as a parent i was still hyperventilating so i decided that that was the time of the day when i will be doing some of my writing i love writing so i sat down and started a, a movement called morning musings and i've written a bunch of my morning experiences and that calmed me down and allowed my daughter to come up with a solution herself and allowed her to be in charge of her own uh, life there's a concept uh, in uh, in psychology called self efficacy self efficacy is seeing that one's action leads to a positive positive outcome i think self efficacy is more important than self esteem where you yep. teach your children to be able to to be able to come up to a uh, to be able to come up to an outcome or a solution by think thinking about it themselves another example i can give you is that when my kids wanted a dog really badly you know usually they don't get their work done on time and all but they wanted a dog really badly so i said listen i am not interested in looking for a dog for you you have to figure this out so they created the plan they contacted the people who were uh, giving up dogs for adoption they set up the meeting they did everything so when they want to do something that they really really enjoy they will work really hard to get it right so we have to allow our children to be part of the process of decision making the part of thinking all of those things and i think that's one way of giving feedback second thing is i think we have to change the perception of feedback i mean what do you think of ptms you know when a kid has to go to school and the teacher is sitting over there and and kind of listing out all the things that the child is doing wrong i don't think that's the way feedback should be doled out what do you think i think so too because i remember every ptm that we went to i would have either my son or my daughter depending on what teacher was sitting inside the room at that point would say don't listen to anything she says okay she's lying she's not telling the truth mama i'm not you know don't 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 believe everything she says and i i would feel really bad because that would be the day that we would come back feeling really uh really bad about how we had raised our children or how our children were doing in class of course the other side of that is us being teachers we realize how hard it is and the one time that you get a parent or you get someone else who is also responsible for the child you immediately want to start talking about what's going wrong so right i think at the, at the confident communicator we've kind of hit upon a little bit of a middle ground where we have a different way where we approach uh, feedback so uh, uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah i think you know um, one of the one, one of the underlying factors of feedback is is empathy and i think unless and until we have the ability to understand others uh, have kindness towards others we are not going to be able to give feedback most people think feedback is criticism and it's not feedback is also showcasing what you liked about that person or what you liked about their maybe their speeches or their presentation or their work i mean let's start with that let's start with a positive outlook towards what we liked first then we yeah. kind of talk about what are the areas that the person can improve on and that's what we do in our class and then we end with a positive note with the idea that they are encouraged to come back and you know embrace failure i mean i think 
failure is one thing that we we demonize so much in our country so much in this world while i think that failure is probably one of the best teachers you can ever have okay so i screwed up i messed up let me figure out what i can do to get better let's channelize our energies into saying that okay i couldn't do this really well i'm going to try something else but i'm going to keep trying is the 27 times that you fall down that you will eventually learn how to ride the bicycle so i think that's that's what i think and we do that a lot in our leadership communication programs at the confident communicator and yeah. one of the reasons why we are offering you that free video and i i hope you all are signing up and deep mind send the link down in the chat is that that video allows you to understand and I, i want parents i want children i want families to sit down together and watch the video that before you get into the process of really studying for exams and looking for those high grades let's first reprogram our mind and condition it so that it is ready for 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 those challenges that our children are going to face you know Very so i think true. let's let, so those are the things that i wanted to talk about as feedback is concerned very nice yeah i love that i love how we do feedback at in our classes also where we say you know what let's talk about the positive and you know how interesting it is is that we tell them the theory they understand the theory perfectly well and when the time comes to do feedback they jump into the negative they jump into the oh he wasn't making eye contact so she didn't prepare her speech well she didn't practice her speech well and we say hello we just talked about how we are going to do positive feedback first right and yeah. that brings me to you know why do we love grandparents so much why do our children get so attached and attracted to their grandparents and i think it's twofold one of it is obviously at least where my parents are concerned they're more than happy to share all of my uh, failures with my children <laughs> <laughs> everything that i so automatically it's uh, my kids are in very enthusiastic because every time i start that sentence like we said with when i was young or when i was little uh, you know i did such and such and they'd be like wait 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 let's let's call the grandparents and check you know if that's true or not so yes. i think that's that the grandparents are able to humanize us as parents humanize yes. us for our children as parents and our children are able to accept us so much better because they know that hey mom's not perfect dad's not uh, perfect so i'm wondering how can we bring a little bit of that uh, energy that grandparents bring out and use that to help us to engage with our children i think uh, i think again uh, going back to the first point that we had made is i think that we have to take away our own fears our own uh you know we are constantly afraid we are giving too much direction to our children we are over protecting them we are hand holding them constantly we are constantly praising them because we think that they have to be our friends and they have to like us and we are worried about what how other people will judge us as parents uh if my kid goes to a great university or oh, they went to this my child went to yale and my child went to stanford and my child went to all these fancy colleges and that makes me look good so i think we need to first separate these two things out our children have their own identity they have their own uh, uh, you know personality and i think that giving them uh, certain responsibilities in life will enable them to handle a lot of the failures and lot of the challenges that they will face so for example we promote the idea in our class of give your kids some chores you know don't feel so what i mean we have so many kids who come to our class who are like fourth grade fifth grade and they say oh we can't come to class because we have exams i mean that's fine so what if you have exams it doesn't mean that you take away something because an exam is going on i think giving kids chores 
is the perfect way to start uh, giving them that idea that you need to be able to handle responsibilities. Uh, yes. Let's involve them in in uh, practicing decision making. So, for example, if there's some some decision we have to make as a family, involve your children, ask them their opinions, let them express themselves, and let them talk about a lot of things. I mean, all the time I have parents telling me, you know, every single time I talk to my child, all they give me is answers in monosyllables, right? Yes. How was your day? Yes. Good. How was school? Fine. Uh, what did you do today? Nothing. So, I mean. how can you blame them because the kids are constantly seeing that pressure of expectation and that burden that we are constantly dumping on them and i think that first we need to embrace our imperfection as parents i remember yeah. talking to my mom and said i'm so upset my daughter didn't do well in the math exam and my mom turned around and to me and said you didn't do very well in math either when you were in school and i was so stunned and i said damn that's true you know i i yeah. don't think it's fair we have these expectations all our unfulfilled dreams our goals as parents we are trying to dump it on our children and i think that's yes. not right and i think we have to be mindful about it that's what i think uh, is the right approach very true i i love that i i love that in every single uh, response that we are getting we're giving is we're talking about hey it's okay it's not like it's one answer one day and your entire child's life is either made or unmade right it's we just have to accept our own imperfections we've got to have our parents come in and say hey babe you didn't do that well in math either yes. so you know quit uh, yelling at kid and and that kind of should be we should be open to that kind of stuff where we say yeah yeah i didn't do that well but you yeah. know what it kind of messed me up when i was in grad school because you know i had i needed the math so why don't we kind of try to help you get get to where you need to be with with right. math and i think it might be easier uh, easier to do so seema uh, the i think the last my last question if the, if our viewers don't have any questions my last question for today is how do we encourage our kids creativity do we even do that or do we just say you know let's do the structured seven subjects get 100 out of 100 in every subject if you get 95 then it's not okay and uh, you know the, the creativity ke liye bahut time hoga later on abhi you know abhi right now just nose to grindstone keep your eye on the ball How it's so we... ironic is ironic you ask me this question because there are so many of my friends who went into the very stereotypical uh, you know streams of education uh, many of them i have nothing against uh, stem i mean stem is absolutely a requirement and and i i would encourage a lot of our kids to get into stem but that was considered at that time when i was growing up as the you know the line that you should take and so many of my friends that i know today who are very successful but not in the field of science they are doing something completely different so i think that creativity is 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 something that should always be inclusive in every form whether it is in a family whether it is in our educational institutions i think creativity brings out innovation it brings out better ideas it brings out empathy it brings out a different way of thinking and doing things and i think that yeah. it would be wrong and i know that we include like art and music and all into our into our uh, uh, schools but that's it i don't think it stops there i think it's also about you know if i make a mistake let's not demonize that let's not say okay you screwed up because you tried something different you instead you say it's okay you tried something different i like the direction in which you are going but here were the hurdles let's see if we can try this differently so let's yeah. encourage yeah. mistakes let's encourage that failure let's encourage that kind of 
you know uh, where children are not afraid to raise their hand i remember when i was in school i never raised my hand because i was so scared that the teacher will cut me off i mean yeah. i don't think we want to raise kids like that i don't think we want to raise kids where they cannot express themselves so let yeah. i think i think that uh, that's why a lot of the children come up, grow up with a lot of growth mind a very growth and fixed mindset instead of a growth mindset we want yeah. children to have a growth mindset which is where they are okay to make a mistake and keep picking up learning from it and going we have to be lifetime learners i mean i'm still learning there are so many things i'm learning but if i'm constantly told that i'm wrong and i'm you know put down all the time i'm not going to be encouraged to learn and encouraged to think differently that's why creativity is critical in our education system and even in our families we should allow that I, to happen i think i so agree with you you know i was just reminded of taking risks right taking yeah. risks and being yeah. willing to be wrong Very so true. i was just just baking with uh, with uh, my daughter with my older one and we were baking and we ended up having just one uh, we just had baking powder i think and we didn't have baking soda and so we googled it you know and she's a chemistry student so she knew the difference between one is bicarbonate and one is carbonate or whatever sodium uh, bicarbonate and carbonate uh, and we just looked at each other and we said but we just have this one and it was in the night so the stores were closed thanks to uh, covid restrictions and we said should we just double the amount of baking soda and see what happens and we did that oh that that was one horrid experiment i can tell you that <laughs> but we were willing to take the risk and we were willing to say i don't know and go ahead and see what happens to it and i remember some of the older people in our family looking at us and saying Are you crazy? You wasted so much atta, and you wasted so much sugar, and you wasted so much oil. But I think an important lesson that she learned from that was, hey, you know what? Try it out. She'll never double the amount of baking soda ever again, and that was a great exactly. lesson. Exactly. 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 Absolutely, and I think that's what we need to encourage. And I think we we worry about very silly things like oh, atta is getting wasted and all that. But I think look at the learning, look at the bonding that happens between a parent yeah. and a child when we allow these kind of flaws and mistakes to happen. So you know what? Chill. Let's be yeah. an imperfect parent. I think we have yeah. a question uh, in our chat, Deepa. Yeah, I think Suraj is asking. I have a yeah. question. How serious should a parent be about disciplining a child? Ah, this is an interesting one. Beyond academics, how much should we stretch the expectations? This is sort of what I was talking about earlier. When we when we give our children chores at a very early stage of their life, uh, you know, you got to make your bed every day. You got to take the dishes uh, and put it in the sink. You've got to help with. Uh, some chores in the house i think that once we start doing that with our kids the discipline automatically falls in place so i i think you know academics is important i'm not saying it is not important but it's it's about how we um how we teach our children the concept of self efficacy which i talked about earlier also which means that we need to integrate that belief in their own ability to be having successful outcomes at anything that they do how do we create that sense of or that belief of self efficacy in our kids and one of the ways yeah. to do that is through giving them responsibility so yeah. the question was about how do you uh, discipline them beyond <laughs> academics i think all of these things fall in place when a child is a, i i find a lot of kids acting very entitled because they think oh you know what i have i have a iphone i have this i have that but i think that the minute they start understanding that everything that they get has to be earned 
every responsibility has to be taken that they are making a valuable contribution to the family when they are part of the whole process of the family not somebody who is just sitting there and just studying for an exam and getting good marks i think that's when we when we that's where we raise very successful kids and confident yes. kids so yeah, yeah i think about discipline i i thought of it you know i i think i approach discipline i i would have if i could do it over is what i say uh, <laughs> i might have a little bit more of a pinch of salt right and the the reason i say that is there are so many times when we are down there are so many times when we get angry there are so many times when we lose our tempers and yet the child automatically gets a time out when they are having an emotional in emotionally unstable moment right and so i sometimes think that you just need to let the moment go because how often are you ready to hear calm down when you're angry right you're not right yeah. i'm not i when i'm mad god help the person who says calm down to me yeah i'm not ready to calm down so i'm you're thinking, not listening at that time yeah why don't we give our kids the same um, uh, the same uh, you know yardstick and say hey you know wait a day and maybe the next day say what happened yesterday like was that the right way to deal with the situation and kind of go from there because i remember even where, where like suraj was asking about academics uh, you know even when they do poorly in their exams and stuff once they're done with that grief of having done poorly and once they've they have already they've already started beating themselves up right from the time they got the marks in their hand right when they come home and look forward to more beating from us verbally or otherwise it's so hard on them so i would yeah. say wait and say you know what could we do differently now what's done is done leave it it's gone it's over no i told you so let's say okay chalo from next time what can we do you know let's come up with three different things that we would do that we didn't do last time and let's see if that works let's see if it helps uh, change the outcome and yeah in fact it reminds me where well, it helps it, it reminds me of an incident that happened in class just a couple of weeks ago where we had uh, one student who was not uh, getting his uh, we we, yes. we assign a speech to a child to come and uh, and deliver in the class and he he forgot to do the speech and uh, his mom sends me a very uh, you know quick message saying hey you know what he's not done his work so uh, i am washing my hands of it he has to take responsibility for this and i told her it is not your responsibility to remind him it is our responsibility to make sure he gets his work done when he came to class the easiest thing for us to do was to shame him and say hey uh, you know why haven't you done your speech and you know everybody has done the speech why haven't you done the speech so you, instead of doing that what we said is okay so looks like you haven't done the speech so we have a special assignment for you we are going to make you the person who is going to give feedback to all the 10 kids in the class so the guy felt that oh wow i've been given a cool job i just have to judge other people yeah yeah right he thought that he has to just judge everybody else and um, you know the speeches started by the time the 10th speech was done he was exhausted because it was not as easy as he thought it would be and of course the next time he came ready and prepared with his speech so what happens is that i think we should take away the concept of when a person screws up or messes up if a child messes up let's take away the shame factor of it let's not yes. shame our children 
let's make them vested into the decision of okay i didn't do my work but i am definitely going to do it we never told him at any point that you should do your speech for the next time but he came prepared the next time and that's exactly the point i think you have to use very creative uh, and clever ways of you know involving your kids in in uh, doing the right thing or or be or disciplining them for that matter right yeah yeah i love that so, question thank you so much suraj thanks for that question and i think i think how are we doing with time are we doing okay actually we are almost at the end we were supposed to end at 5:45 and it's already 5:52 but that's probably because we we started a we little started later yeah. so this was a, this was a lot of fun and you know i hope that a lot of parents feel that uh, uh, they don't have to be perfect parents we all mess up but that's why this this session is here so that we can have these kind of conversations feel free to uh, reach out to us in fact uh, you know go ahead and use that free video that we have uh, you know we i think deepa is going to probably post it again on the on the chat um, yeah. and you know go ahead and see the video yeah. try to understand why reprogram reprogramming your mind is important when you want to ace anything in your life and uh, we'll keep talking keep sending us your questions uh, we are at the confident communicator.in we love children we love empowering children and uh, it's something that we've been doing for 8 years so uh, i'm so happy that you guys are on board with us thank you so much for watching and please embrace your imperfections that's what makes you unique and exactly. it's your unique that makes you perfect so you're the only parents your kids are going to have so embrace that imperfection and laugh about it with your children we had a great time today and we hope you join us again and again as we have more and more of these lives we promise we'll get all of the technical stuff sorted out beforehand sorted out <laughs> uh before sure. next time thank you Sounds so good. much thank thank uh, you thank you thank you thank everyone you. bye